Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hello and welcome to Basic Bingers. I'm Boyd Hilton. I'm joined by series regular... (laughs) Stephanie Seelan. That's what they Hi. say on American TV. You know, Do American, they? Yeah, series regular. If you're like, you can either be the lead in a, mm. in a TV series in America, you can yeah. be a guest a guest star, or you can mm-hmm. be series regular. And I feel you are I'm a, well, series regular. I'm a series regular. What's Kay then? She, well, today she's not here. So she's very much an absent she's series in De- regular. She's in Devon? Uh, something like that, yeah. She's doing like a pottery course or something. She's yeah. making us all personalised ceramics. Yeah. So guest starring... Mm. Um, for instead of K, yeah. is the great John, John Dan, John Harris, Woo! guru, producer, editor. Yeah, was there um, was there anyone else it was going to be? Um, we asked no. actually quite. <laughs> we threw it out there. A big number of people. Oh. It was between forty seven and fifty five people we asked, and they all said no. So it's, they all said, "If John Dan can do it, I don't even want to." Yeah. yeah, exactly. Something like that. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, and am I am I like a special? Am I like a guest star? Guest star, not yeah. cameo. Special like, guest star. I'm like the Paul. No, guest star. The Paul Rudd of this. You podcast. are absolutely mm. the Paul Rudd of this. Podcast. Yeah, you are totally. Yeah. Yeah, you're a bit Rudd esque. Mm. Yeah. Ruddian. I'll take that. Yeah, Ruddy. Mm. This week we are going to review in depth Butterfly, the new ITV three part drama starring Anna Friel as the mother of a transgender child. Mm-hmm. Informer is a new BBC One six-part drama about the world of counter-terrorism and such. Mm-hmm. And finally, so we're looking at big, hot topics this week, I feel. Oh, that is, oh it's, very, it's intense. Yeah, and sticking with that, we've got There She Goes, which is a new BBC Four, I'm calling it a comedy drama, which is all about a family who have a severely disabled child, and it's about the day-to-day life of that family. And that child. And that stars David Tennant, Mm. the extraordinary David Tennant, and Jessica Hines. How exciting is that? That's a rhetorical question. Don't spoil it. We'll get to that later. That's the meat. Mm -hmm. Before the meat, what we like to do on this podcast is talk through other stuff that we've been enjoying, watching, listening to, reading sometimes even in the world of popular culture. Because we don't only do TV, Steph, as you know. No, no, no. We don't limit ourselves. Basic Binges is all about the world of popular culture. And I know for one that you Mm -hmm. have been watching a lot of popular culture this week. Well, 
I'm just going to show you my list because I am only f- going to do three things. Yeah, so this is called the three. You're only, the whole point is we, we limited it to three. Oh, Steph's holding up a piece of paper with the word seven, with a list of seven. And in fact, the seventh entry seems to have five other things on it. Yeah. Anyway. The sixth one is two things. Right, and the seventh one is, what, four things? No, 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 that's just one thing, but there's a lot oh, okay. of information on it. Well, for the, for the listener, just yeah. to let you know, um, I, I feel like Steph's really patronised us by circling the numbers next to each point, <laughs> as if to yeah. say, look how many I've got. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, that's just a thing I do. Don't you always circle <laughs> the numbers? Yeah. I think you're either a cir- you circle um, or you dot. I, I, having looked looking at your piece of paper now I'm very excited I've got preview <laughs> at least two of these things are films that came out ages ago so that's good I know but I know you like oh, th- I know I you like that. it when I yeah. finally get around to yeah. watching one of which things. I reviewed in depth on this yeah on this I mean show. I'm just going to mention yeah. it I mean you know let's let's try and do let's try and meet the format okay stick to the format alright <laughs> okay I'll try really really hard the first is a new podcast I'm listening to great you know how much I love a cult oh god <laughs> Oh, I do. C-U-L-T. Cult. I love a cult. So, have you ever heard of the Nexium cult? I bloody haven't, no. This, I like a cult as oh, well. Oh, you are going to love this cult. <laughs> so, the Nexium cult originated as an executive success program. Oh, yeah. You're right. In New York. We've it's, all been on those. Yeah. Mm. It was started by this guy called Keith Ranieri. Okay. Now... This new... Keith Ranieri. Keith Ranieri. No relation to Claudio Ranieri, the former Chelsea manager. I don't believe so. But I I mean, no. I'm going to say no. So anyway, new podcast called Uncover, Escape from Nexium. Oh, I'm loving it already. Oh, it's great. Because it's a very recent cult. And you know who was heavily involved in this cult? The great actress Alison Mack from Smallville. Do you remember her? (laughs) No. Wow. Do you know what? I remember the story of... Like Smallville actress. Oh yeah, no, you come to mention it. Smallville actress arrested for stuff. Yes. Okay, so I'm not going to give anything away, but what I can tell you was, it's believed that within this executive success program existed a sex cult where they branded women, and this brand had a K and an R and an A and an M letters within the brand Keith Ranieri and Alison Mack with the brand women were branded with a cauterizing iron and I'm just going to say it a lot of them had sex with Keith so this is a story of a woman called Sarah who and how she escaped from this cult this is very recent this cult it's absolutely fascinating she gives she does absolutely everything everything away like people have lost it's it's the same old story mm-hmm. they start out going it's hey. tale as old as time but yeah. it is you know it's like hey we're gonna make everything better yeah you just have to pay three thousand dollars to go on this program and then you have to pay another ten thousand and then people sink in mm, millions and, and then it? they have those away days and everyone gets really excited and before you know it, you're in a massive uh, cult is this gonna really annoy me because i find these stories Look, what was, what we did, what was the one we did, the, the the other cult one, with the woman? The gateway. Yeah, the gateway. That intensely irritated me. Why? Because I never felt that the host and the, the, the kind of journalist really got to the bottom of what how this woman got away with the whole thing. Right. And, and so... Uh, it, well, this on. will, because the host of it right. is a long-time friend of this girl. Okay. So the way that he started doing this podcast is he saw her at daycare picking up her kids and he, he was like, what have you been up to? And she was like, I just left a cult. And that's how the whole mm. thing started. Okay. It's, it's very, uh, very I, detailed. I am intrigued, I'm intrigued. It's really good. So what's that called? It's called Uncover Escape from Nexium. Right. Great. Number two. 
Netflix. I don't think I've talked about this before. Netflix? <laughs> Netflix, yeah. you've definitely yeah. talked about I Netflix. I don't... So it's, what it is, is it's lying. a streaming service. <laughs> <laughs> Killer Legends. Does that ring a bell to you? Well, it does to me because I, I hang around in the same right. weird circles as okay. you, but I don't think you've said it on this podcast. No, I don't think you've said it. Yeah. Right. Well, I, well, I wanted to bring it up because I watched it. I've watched it twice. It's very, very good. Right. So it's one hour, 24 minutes on Netflix. It's a documentary that examines urban legends and the origins of urban legends. So very timely because they've got one about the Candyman. So there's this Halloween legend that this person goes around poisoning children by putting... Oh, yeah. You know, oh, and actually, recently someone started putting nails in strawberries, didn't they, in uh, Australia? I mean, that is a tangent, but yes, that is true. Yeah, it just <laughs> reminded me. That's of a it. real tangent. But the origin of the Candyman thing is actually this man poisoned his own child. Oh my god! Yeah, by yeah, I know, by putting poison in his trick or treat bucket of sweets. I know. Anyway, there's four other ones that they look at, and it's it's very very interesting. They also look at you know the whole the call is coming from inside the house babysitter thing. Mm. Yeah, they look scream. at the origins of that. It's oh, really it's, it's not nice. Yeah, scream. Yeah. yeah. Oh man. Yeah, but that scream was like three generations so, down yeah. from that from that whole origin story. Okay, it's really it's really good. Now I'm. Well, that's sorry. What's that called again? It's sorry. called Killer Legends right, on Netflix. On the Netflix. And finally. All right. Okay. I don't yeah. know which one of these to choose. I mean, obviously, uh, let, I mean, let me just intervene now. Don't worry about Ready Player One. Or, I would skyscraper. Say, or skyscraper. Mm. We know I can't read the films. last one. Should I talk about Insecure? Cause we you, ha- you could do. I mean, I've championed Insecure, but fine. Have you championed the latest season? Uh, yeah, a couple of weeks ago. Third season. Ago, yeah. yeah. Okay, I'm just going to go yeah. for another murder one yeah. then. Yeah, go for it. Right. Stick to what you know. <laughs> now, I watched this on the YouTube it's a BBC documentary, okay. but I watched it on YouTube. It's it's a murder. It's the murder of Hannah Foster. Do you remember this murder? 2003. No. Now, why this is very interesting is they've got footage of the guy that murdered her saying, I killed and raped and strangled this girl. But what's very moving about this is what happened is he murdered this beautiful young student and then he fled and it took five years and over a hundred court appearances for them to find him, bring him back because he fled um, He fled to India mm. and he was nearly over the border to Nepal. He very nearly escaped and the family's tireless efforts to bring him back. It's a fascinating story of how crazy judicial systems are and extradition is and how actually they knew three days after she was killed, they had him on CCTV, that he'd killed her and he just... He just got away with it. Wow. But he doesn't obviously get away with it, but he was obviously on the run. Very good. But you can watch that. If you put in the the murder of Hannah Foster <laughs> into the, the YouTube... Is that what the called? Yeah, it's tr- called True Crime Stories, The oh, okay. Murder of Hannah okay. Foster. Okay. How do you stumble upon these things? I don't. I look for them. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you just got a constant, like, alert, search alert for true crime on True Crime TV or yeah. something? Yeah, murder, okay. true crime. Right, right. Well, I, Well, I like to think that I know a lot about... The big high profile cases so when something comes along that i haven't heard of i have to immediately watch of course, it yeah. okay yeah thank you i think you know i think you've can done I very just, well can i just can uh, i just say can i just say two <laughs> series that are on oh, that have go. returned for new here series so quick new series of super vet i'm just like right i want to mention these two series because i think they both well, take the turn new series of super vet right fine oh, no, no 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 yeah. super vet done. they've started to include deaths and a, and a, and a t- tortoise died this week it was really upsetting so i'm not laughing at that i'm 
I'm laughing at your incredulity at the... Yeah. Well, here's the thing, They're okay? showing you the facts. You can watch murder like no, 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 <laughs> with your popcorn no. and then someone shows you a turtle dying and you're heartbroken. Gonna, I just thought it was going to get through and it didn't with because oh. they were trying to give it bionic legs. So that's taken a bit of a turn. And also Grand Designs. Have you watched Grand, any of the new series of Grand Designs? No. Kevin McLeod's in a right mood. Is he just Is grumpy? He? Oh, he's been... He, you know how he's never grumpy and that's kind of his thing. Mm. He always goes... I didn't think they'd do it, blah, 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 blah. And look at this incredible thing. He's been hypercritical to everybody. The first episode I watched, he just, it's like he hated these this guy that was trying to build, build this house. It was so mean. And then he had to keep saying, I know I've been harsh. I'm just saying, I think two programmes that have taken a turn. Okay. Taken a harsh turn. Both on still, Channel 4. Still fantastic, but taken a harsh okay. turn. Okay, well, I mean, you know, you've turned the three into the five. No. That is your won't, oh, but at least yeah. you didn't turn Agreed. into the seven or the 12. It no. could have been mm-hmm. worse. Now we turn to John, who will, I'm sure, have the discipline and fortitude to just talk, tell us about three things. Of course. Yeah. Although I did, I did enjoy your suggestions. professional. Well, I, did, I enjoyed them thank, as well. Thank you, John Especially the cult one. Yeah, the mm. cult one is really good. The dream. Actually, weirdly, it's not a million miles away from the kind of podcast you were discussing, but in a bit more of like a, a sanitised area of American culture. It is a podcast all about pyramid schemes and Ponzi that, schemes. This is oh. this is a kind of pyramid scheme as well. So, yeah. so it isn't million miles so, away. So the first episode talks about this thing called the, the plane game, which is a version of a pyramid scheme where you give money in and then eventually you get loads of money. And then I, Sounds I, great. I still can't get my head around you how You give money pyramids, in and then you get loads yeah, of money. Yeah, th- I mean, this would be my one criticism of the, the show is they haven't quite explained the pyramid scheme oh, I mean, sufficiently for me. me to understand how, that it, how it works. But I think it's really interesting, and I think the second episode, it starts going into the host, whose name is Jane Marie, uh, about her personal life and experiences with these kind of pyramid schemes. And, and I think it has... I know this isn't the, the best sell in the world, but it feels like it's got a lot of potential. I think the show, the rest of the series will be really interesting. So they've done three episodes so far, and it's all about pyramid schemes and kind of the, you know, the extremely questionable... Them? It's not about debunking them, it's more about... How, how they, they work, work how they and how work, people yeah. get how people in, get in how, brought, it's drawn in exactly how and so um, like a cult in a way it, yeah. well in many well, ways most cults have that kind of structure mm, yeah. it's all about one person is like the master and then they have to recruit people because pyramid schemes can only work if you're constantly recruiting from underneath that's mm. how the finances the just keep working yeah and the top peak of that's the how the shape works well, i don't know if you're familiar with the pyramid um, the Slacker podcast, which is Phil Taggart, who's a Radio 1 DJ and host, uh, he's doing a podcast where he talks to musicians about the early stages of their music career and kind of how they got into the industry. So it's a really interesting listen for a- anyone, but it's also got a slight kind of skew that if you are a aspiring musician in any way, I think there are some interesting pieces of advice that they have in there. And one of the things that they do that's a really interesting angle is they start off by playing that band's uh, first ever demo mm-hmm. so you hear like them mm, before like an audition tape, absolutely so you hear them like when they're making music at the quality that you know as if we were gonna as amateur musicians could yeah. do yeah and it shows how far they've kind of progressed so the first episode is with the manic street preachers and the second episode is with wolf alice who won the mercury oh, yeah. music prize this I've year heard of so. both of those yeah so I'd, I'd really recommend um slacker podcast for anyone who's kind of interested in music or musicians or getting into the industry yourself and then finally this is my so a while back on the old format we did best podcast ever yeah mm. and i chose a podcast called reply all which is a gimlet media podcast yeah 
And my other favourite podcast that I would have picked if I was allowed to, if I could have had a can I just say on favourite podcast ever. You can you can you can make up your own rules. I do. I know. Just don't listen to everybody else. Steph lives in her own world. Yeah, you live in your own world, yeah. That's better than that. So the other one uh, is called Heavyweight and it is by a journalist called Jonathan Goldstein. And essentially what he does is he he goes to people who made a decision or something happened in their life and they kind of there's some regret or there's something they wish they could have done differently. And he basically uses it as like a a way to kind of get this bigger story. But it's all about like something that happened in one person's life and past. Is it like a life-changing decision that they made or is it something yes. small that changed their well, life? Well, some of them are. So the first episode of this series is very funny. I would say most of the time, um, the thing that's so great about it is it's very funny. It's quite irreverent about the format of podcasts in general. So you're mm. laughing because sometimes he's like... There's a bit where like he'll be doing a really intense bit in the first episode, and he goes, um, "If uh, if if my gimlet training has taught me anything, I know that because we're at a really intense bit, we better go straight to the ads and just stuff oh, like that." So it's so really very knowing, exactly, and it's really funny and really light and sweet. But then some episodes are super intense. I don't think I've sold this well enough, but I, I implore you to check it out the first You've sold episode. It pretty well, I'm I'm excited. The first, I really want to know okay. what happens. Mm. So the first episode of this uh, the this season is. Um, the person it's called Rob. They're all named after one person. So this episode's called Rob, and the Rob in this episode is actually a comedy actor Rob Cordroy, who's in like Hot Tub oh, Time Machine yeah. and stuff like that. And it's all about the fact that when he was eight years old, he broke his arm, yeah. or at least he thinks he does, Ooh. and his entire family don't believe that he broke his arm. And so it's all about trying to find out whether it happened or not. So it's a very quite that one's a relatively small fun story, but. It's all kind of stuff like that. I could have one of those about the fact that all of my university friends swear that throughout university I ate chicken. I'm like, no, I've been a vegetarian since I was six. And every single one of them says that they saw me eating chicken all through university. We'll get Jonathan in. He can uh, investigate your bank yeah, statements. That sounds see. good. I mean, Maybe I believe I'll them. Make, I believe oh, them. Oh, do you? Yeah. See, that's the thing. Yeah. yeah but I think so. They go, no, you yeah. used to eat chicken burgers. I never used to eat chicken burgers. Anyway, it's, oh, you know. It's, <laughs> I'm not sure if that's a big enough. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it is. I mean, John mm. would know. Is that a big enough topic for this series? I don't know. Yeah. Well, I'll, changed, I'll email Jonathan. It's changed email the dynamic of our friendship is all I would say. So just run us through the titles of those those glorious podcasts again, John. So Slacker, Slacker, The Dream, The Dream, and Heavyweight. Heavyweight. Once again, he's delivered. The podcast um, guru has delivered. If you just want the name of mine again, it's no. Uncover no, 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 no. Escape no, from no, Nexium. No, we've got yours. And it's a sex cult. We've got your seven things. <laughs> I mean, yeah, she, it has got yeah. a good elevator pitch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I might do an episode of the podcast where I've, my big regret is that I got Steph to talk us through all of the things she's ever now, watched Now, now. <laughs> How would you get information on sex cults if it wasn't for me, oh, right? that's true. I mean, <laughs> you are the queen of the sex cult. <laughs> that's what they say. What about you? Oh, thanks. Oh, I can't just do it myself. God. You have to prompt me. Sorry, yes. Thanks. What have you yes, been watching? Good question, Steph. Can I just say? Yeah, can I just say also? Yesterday, Boyd was whispering to me from across the table that he couldn't. We were going to do a feature. We were going to do a visual for a feature to talk about the pictures on the feature, and he said he couldn't. He couldn't do this visual. Very important work that we used to do because he was going to a screening of the Arsenal. And I was very confused. And he had to say it about four times and I had to get somebody else to translate because I couldn't hear it. I had to leave work early, as I often do, to go to a screening. Because we we bloody well work in Cowner, which is miles away from town where all screenings are. He left at five. So I often legitimately... I have to legitimately often leave work early to go to a screening. So I slightly slightly misled people. Yeah. And I had to go to a screening of the Arsenal match, which kicked off ludicrously at five to six. What kind of time is that? To go and see it out of my flat. The screening wasn't in my flat. (laughs) And um, it I'm was just very saying, important. Yeah. You've been um, outed. But by the way, I was in the work, by, as I often am, you know, very early and I worked through lunch. All right. 
Anyway, <laughs> apart from that Arsenal match, I went to a screening of First Man, which is Ooh. out this Friday. Is this this is Ryan Gosling's going to win an Oscar? He, 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 I think he'll be nominated. I don't oh. think he'll win. I don't think he'll win. I mean, you know, it, it's it's open. But First Man, he does play uh, Neil Armstrong, the first man on the moon. Is it Damien Chazelle? Damien Chazelle, yeah. correct, who who did La La Land with the very same Ryan Gosling. Oh, is Ryan Gosling like his, you know... Muse. muse yeah, I think yeah, a little bit muse. Yeah, a little mm. bit muse, yeah. Um, Claire Foy oh. plays so Neil Armstrong's wife. Mm-hmm. And uh, I went to the screening, and it's a BAFTA screening, because I'm a BAFTA member, and I get to vote for... I've mentioned this before. Yeah, I am showing off. But you, they arrange these special screenings where they get Q&A. So you watch the film, and then they have a Q&A with the stars, and sure enough... Was Ryan Gosling, Gosling there? Are you joking? Was there. Hold on, stop. And Chazelle, they're all there. This was last no week. Way. No way. How, how close were you to Ryan Gosling? I was about... 30 feet, I'd say. Oh my God, is he, is he really beautiful? He was very life? handsome. Was yeah. he, did he, could you smell him? I couldn't smell him. Oh. No, no. He was, what was he, he wearing? He was wearing quite a very nice, um, I want to say, kind of like denim jacket, I think. Mm. A casual. Um, nice jumper. Like, oh, he looks great in nice a knit. Jumper. Like a light knit. <laughs> a, a fairly light knit, yes. Mm. Yes. Anyway, yeah. he, he did look glorious, I have oh. to say. And, but more importantly than that, he well, was very, very likable. He, he does a good, he's a good pro. If you, see, if you see him on chat, he was on Graham Norton, I think, mm. the other oh. week. He's a great, one of the great American professional... Canadian? Enge- sorry, Canadian Whoa. engages good with... Point. Thank very good point. Hollywood, as a Hollywood star, he's got that whole thing down. Do you know how some, I often go on about that, I bang on about how British stars often just don't have that thing where they can be charming and wry and funny and mm. not worry about what they're going to say on chat shows. He's got Brit that. bash. On, on, That's a slight Brit bash. On that subject, yeah. have you seen one of the best Graham Norton moments ever is Greg Davis talking about a, a really embarrassing toilet story from when he was a teacher with Ryan Gosling sat next to him just trying yes. not to laugh. It's, yes, one of, it's brilliant, I'll, yeah. I'll put it on the yes. um, ah. Binge's great, Twitter yeah. feed. It was classic, yeah. Anyway, the, the bottom line is the so the, the Q and A was great. I really like the film. The film is so I'm, this is I'm, I'm kind of semi reviewing the film, which is out on Friday. It definitely has got like Oscar buzz, mm-hmm. but I think it's not quite gonna punch through. You know, to Why? win, I feel you know there's lo- there's, all, there's loads of it's, it's all about. I think it's slightly there's a lot of stuff about you know sitting in rockets which are rattling a huge volume, rattling metal. There's a rattling metal in this film. And um, there are emotional bits as well. What's the time frame of it? What- it's pretty much, you know, the, the kind of few years leading up to the the mission to the moon, yeah. or whatever it was called, Apollo 11. Mm. And so there's a lot, there's training, you know. There's a, you know, if you've been Apollo 13, yeah. and in fact, you know, there's lots of films where, you know, astronauts get trained to do stuff. And it, there's, a, there's a certain degree of that. And I find that... And obviously you have to do that to some extent to show all the, the kind of extraordinary stuff they had to go through to, to end up being yeah. picked to be the first man on the moon. And you get to meet Buzz Aldrin. And Buzz Aldrin's the guy... Their relationship, they're not very close, you know, Neil Armstrong and Buzz. That's quite interesting. And the relationship between um, Neil Armstrong and his wife, played by Kiffel, and their kids is fascinating because Neil Armstrong ends up being so obsessed with this 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 thing of the professional job he's got of being of flying to the moon as you would, they yeah. kind of stops thinking about his family or at least comes across that. And I thought that was interesting. You know, they, they worked with, in the Q&A afterwards, they explained they worked with the 
Armstrong family and they talked to them about that and, and they were honest about the fact that he was you know in some ways he was quite cold to the kids because it, it was dangerous it was really dangerous he didn't know whether it was going to come back he didn't know whether it was going to make it or not yeah, and so there's a, there's a brilliant scene where he explains to the kids that he's going away and he might not come back and Claire Foy his wife she forces him to confront this fact that he's going on this incredibly dangerous mission they have no idea what's going to happen so in the end the majesty of being on the of arriving on the moon all of that and the emotion of it is all conveyed very well I just felt I could have done with a little bit less of the distressing training sequences with lots of rattling metal. Was there enough American flags for you? Do you know about this? Yeah. 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 I oh, everyone's upset about yeah, it. Every, there was a too... controversy. So it first screened at, I think, Toronto, maybe, or one of the big I'm Venice. Sure. Well, the big film festivals yeah. here, Venice and Toronto, were all the Oscar. And, and yeah, and the, and, and the Patriots. It's, and, you know, it's, it's, a lot of it is about how NASA beat the Russians because it was a big space race. Yeah. Yeah, but they didn't. The, the Russians had the orbit, didn't they? Well, the the Russians, first orbit, yeah. and, then, and then everyone got really you, upset. You, did you say they didn't? Well, I, can, no. I can assure you that America definitely did, did have the first but, man on the moon. They, Otherwise, they've they, got this whole they, story wrong. But they felt as if they hadn't. And so there was that yeah, yeah, big... Oh, no, there was a big deal so when Russia, yeah. Russia did the first space walk. So yeah. Russia were, were the, the first, first people and to orbit they, the moon, but they didn't actually the Americans got Stanley Kubrick to set up the fake call. And one of the best things... It's good that you touched... I don't want to go on about it too much, but it's good that you touched on that whole patriotism thing because what my favorite thing about the whole film was there's a little bit there's a kind of montage sequence of the demonstrators against nasa and the government spending all this money on sending imagine when you know there were people starving oh. and people on homeless people on the streets of new york blah blah, blah blah and the fact they do there's someone plays gil scott hound famously did a kind of rap song before rap was invented but he was this kind of poet yeah. musician who did a who did a really powerful protest, protest song. song against the whole idea of trip to the moon especially because by that point people had died you know people had died mm. who were astronauts who died in 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 the kind of in the build-up to it so it covers that base i thought it was really good that it did that anyway four stars out of five for first man i'm not going to be i'm going to quickly go on Wait, right, you can something I, up? right what i was looking up is because do you still was, think that the rush that america no, didn't get the first no, man on the moon i actually i, I know that you think when i say these things that i don't really know about stuff but i, don't I think you know no, about but stuff. i just my my stepdad is crazy about nasa was your stepdad the first man on the he moon? was the first man on the moon. Okay. no i read i read this incredibly incredibly amazing book by one of the um apollo 11 he was like the com- command module pilot and his name was uh, michael collins and he if you if you are interested at all he wrote this amazing book called carrying the fire an astronaut's journey and it's absolutely incredible. It's mm. an incredible book. You can get it from Amazon, £10.56. Just advertising your mate's book. Is that what you're doing? No, not my mate. I wish oh. he was my mate. <laughs> oh. he was, he's an astronaut. I but think he's just talks... about your uncle. No, oh. my, my stepdad your loves step-dad. NASA. <laughs> but oh, I just, I was just couldn't remember okay. what that book that I read was, but it's very oh. worthwhile. Okay, fine. Carrying um, the fire. Very good. So that's First Man. It is very good. And read that book as well and yeah, everything. Yeah, got in another mention. Woohoo. And then, then I'm going to quickly mention um, two more things. One is that I went to this Amazon Prime showcase this week. This is another This is another stars appearing on stage thing. Julie oh. Roberts was there. What? Yes. Talking about Homecoming, right? Talking about Homecoming. Which is Gimlet produced, which is oh my God. Heavyweight, the podcast oh, I recommended. All, all Sorry. Together. So, so Homecoming is a new Amazon Prime drama series that's why, based why on... Why don't you ever let me come to any of these Because things? you're busy. You're not allowed to get out of the, that, get out of the work I, for a half a day I, like listen, I am. As I've said to you before, I don't want to go to any of the parties, but I do want the invites. Okay, all right, fair enough. This is a big show. This is a big showcase that Amazon Prime did for all of Europe for all their big shows came out. And the most exciting one is Homecoming based on a podcast, as John alludes to... Mm-hmm 
by Gimlet Media, which was a fictional, wasn't it, scripted yes. podcast, I believe. And it's based on that. And it's all about a kind of government facility for helping military types deal with their issues. And Julia Roberts plays a therapist in this Oh, like facility. when they come back and they've got, yeah. you know, yeah. PTSD and but that, they have. Like I didn't that. listen to the podcast. And um, I know it's got people... You probably re- should if you were going to go to a... I'm not really, because I don't want to ruin the, the experience of watching the show when it comes out. Well, that's out. something for us to discuss they showed later great about your homework and they what showed, I think you should they do. Showed, it looks really interesting. They showed great clips. She also does the fact she plays kind of two different versions of the character and stuff. She was amazing. You would have loved well, her. Well, come on. She's yeah. Julia Roberts. Yeah. Has I mean, she... I, I potentially... She might be better than Sandy Bullock, your favourite, Sandra Bullock. I, I really find it hard to, not to try and resort to physical violence when you say things that are derogatory about Sandy Bullock. I'm not saying derogatory, I'm just saying she might be more, even more lovable and kind no, of don't brilliant. Don't be ridiculous. <laughs> okay, Sandra Bullock, still... Sandra Bullock is not only oh, okay, like one of the nation's sweethearts, okay, she was heartbroken, she's adopted loads of children, she gives <laughs> loads of money away, okay, she's win. lovely. And what are you going to say, John? Are you going to say something else? Is this else? the first big TV show that Julia's fronted? Yes, ever. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So it's 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 a um, it's the first time she's done that. The showrunner director was there, who's and he, as a, he's going on about how it's going to be like a Brian De Palma film. I couldn't be more excited. It's going to be brilliant. <laughs> Homecoming coming up soon, and we will review it hopefully. On if they Amazon send us the Prime. screeners on Amazon Prime beginning of November. Finally, I want to mention that I have seen some of the new series of Making a Murderer. Now disgraceful Steph we would <laughs> review it it's uh, it's it's on it arrives it drops on Netflix next Friday as a lot of this you know which is the weakest TV reviewing but unfortunately it's all embargoed until the day it arrives so we're it's not joking. allowed to review it that's why I haven't shared it with you as yet and that's why we're not reviewing it right now and I'm not going to review it all I can say is I've seen it I've seen the first two episodes and it does it deliver and it delivers, and it just reminds you, I think I can say this, because this isn't detail, okay. um, that it reminds you of just how extraordinary the case was Against of Stephen Steve Avery. Avery and Brendan Dassey, particularly Brendan Dassey, because he was convicted because of his own clearly enforced confession, clearly, you know, it, to, to, to my mind. That's the closest thing we have to legal representation legal represent- in this po- podcast. Yeah. I'd like you to move on now. Yeah. No. But everyone says that on the show, so it's fine. Yeah. So this, I mean, even if you're not into, even if you're not like a true crime junkie like me, Making a Murderer you, is just a wonderful documentary yeah. and something that actually you should watch and be socially yeah. responsible. And so this, the new, the new, it's called, they're calling it part two, it's 10 new episodes and it follows up the case of these, of these two people alleg- wrong, allegedly wrongly convicted and we meet them and it focuses a lot on their new legal representation and what I'll say is Kathleen Zellner, I think I can say this again <laughs> without fear of breaking the embargo, mm. is a phenomenon. You can follow her on Twitter. She is Stephen Avery's new legal representative and she has managed to get 17 people off Yes, yeah, she's, she's um, very well known. She's an incredible exonerator. She's yeah. the most successful exonerator of um, imprisoned people in America. Oh, quickly on that. Yep. Did, have you mentioned they stopped digging in the garden of thingy for teacher's pet? Yeah. Did you I mention? Think, yeah, I think we mentioned that, didn't we? Yeah, oh, the soft, soft soil, soil. Soft soil. The soft soil. With the band and the soft soil. He's going to get away with it. So yeah. he did, they did 11 episodes about soft soil and it wasn't even there. Yeah. Well, I, I just mean. don't know if they're digging deep enough. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, a three, oh, we'll dig for three days and then give up. I don't mm. know. Anyway, is that you smuggling in an extra? No, time? I just, oh, just wondered okay. if we'd mentioned it. I feel like you've mentioned the eight things. Yeah, I think you've mentioned eight things. So that's Making a Murderer does arrive in full. Ten new episodes on Friday. Does everything drop at once? Oh, yeah, of ten. Of course it does. Of course it does. Of course. So they're working on this for the last three years. It's not like three years since it arrived, is it? But it is. No. 
Yeah. No, it doesn't. Incredible. It's amazing. Yeah. Anyway, let's move on to the meat. Now, at this point, sometimes we do we do do pog picks and stuff. We do, but but Kay's not here. Kay's the queen of the pog. And we admin, all forgot yeah. of admin. Pog all, admin. Let's just be honest. Yeah. We forgot. I think also without Kay here, I feel in honour of her of that being her role. We just draw a veil over it. She's the gatekeeper. But I would like to say, of the pog I have. I am, was overwhelmed and I actually had a little bit of a tear in my eye because so many of our um, pogs w- congratulated me, and that was so nice. On what? <laughs> on, on having a baby, oh, yeah. on being, and I was yeah. like oh, yeah. very yeah. overwhelmed. No, that was lovely. So I've already picked a pog father and a pog um, mother, um, and yeah, it's really nice. Surely we're the pog father. No, no, unfortunately, no. It's oh. Phil Henwood. Yeah. Okay, Phil. Yeah, well I was done, Phil. So, Congratulations. I, was really <laughs> so, I mean, in a way, that's the ultimate pog pick. You've yeah. picked a pog to be your pog father of your yeah. child. That's a great pog. It doesn't get better than that. It was very. I mean, he did say he couldn't babysit, which is sort of oh, problematic because okay. of the whole New Zealand thing. Oh, it's in New Zealand. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. He's near but, the soft soil. Yeah. Okay. I mean, he. Oh, well, that's what he could do. He could yeah. flip over. Mm. Mm. We, we need a roaming reporter. We do. Yeah. If he's got time, yeah. Yeah. He could be, the, he could be yeah, pogs at large. Yeah. Okay. okay. But anyway, thank you. It was very, very kind of you. Yeah. I'm still being sick, just in case you're wondering. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, carry on. Thank you. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. So let's move on to the meat, shall we? And what meat we've got. We've got three big heavyweight topical shows this week butterfly is the first one this is created and written by bafta award-winning screenwriter tony marchant who wrote the film the mark of cain do you remember the mark of cain it was a channel 4 film about no. the iraq war no less he likes up dealing with big issues i don't remember that at yeah, all. yeah yeah it was really good how, was how long years ago. i want to say five years ago maybe still on the all four might be hmm. probably on the itunes and the dvd okay. as well this is about how Vicky, played by Anna Friel, and Stephen, played by Emmett J. Scanlon, 
who was in that uh, Netflix Harlan Coben thing we reviewed. Remember that? Oh, and yeah, he, he, would, he yeah. lived in the caravan. He, the caravan. he was, uh, what's-his-face's estranged yeah, husband. husband. Now he's a strange man of free, or they're separated. Oh, he's a professional estranged he's husband a professional type. Estra- he is a stranger. Um, so they're the two parents of... 11-year-old Max, at least, so he's called Max to start with, played by Callum Ford Booth, who is a young boy, born a boy, but wants to change gender and wants to be a girl, feels that he, she is a girl and wants to become Maxine. So this is dealing with child children who are trans who are transgender and what what happens to them how that affects the family, how the family deals with it, how the school deals with it, how society in general in this kind of microcosm this particular drama it's a fiction it's completely fiction it's not based on any particular specific case but Mm. obviously i know the makers of the show did a huge amount of research with with various groups who deal with trans trans children Mm. trans kids and teenagers and it's and i have to say i I don't think there's any more hot button topic right now than transgender rights no there isn't i mean i'm not going to go into it this is about this drama steph what did you think i Absolutely loved it. I thought it was original, incredibly sensitively done. I will watch Anna Frill do anything, but particularly these roles I feel are made for Anna Frill because she just has an ability to get to the guts of a character dealing with something, some emotional trauma. The The boy who plays Max Callum Ford Booth is outstanding. He's absolutely outstanding because he... It's very subtle the way that he plays it in, in lots of scenes. Just He just has maybe a few words, but he does it incredibly well. I also thought that the way that they've portrayed the sister, he's got an older mm. sister in this, She it was magical because what it really showed is how yeah, how accepting younger people can be. And her, her parents being presented with her, having just like, well, this is what he wants to do and this is who she is now. And I really love the the dynamic also between the parents and the way that they are they are dealing with it and mm. how difficult it can be because obviously it can be it is really difficult if you think you've ha- you know you've got a little boy and you you want to use traditional gender roles and all of that kind of stuff and then it throws up the whole thing about like everybody was like oh are you going to bring up your child like mm. in a gender yeah. way are you going to give whatever you have are you going to like give it. The, you know, specific girls' toys or boys' toys and things like that. And there's all that stuff to think about. And like, you just think, oh, it doesn't even matter, does it? Like, I mean, let me just say now, if it's a boy, there's no way Leanne B. George, your husband, is not making him play football and, do, be, and, well, and wearing you know blue, is there? Or am I wrong? I don't... I think... I don't know. I just think... Oh, okay. I think... No do, I do think you're just... If you're having a baby, you're just so desperate to be healthy and happy and you don't care. But I did find it incredibly upsetting to just think how torturous it must be for a young person to be trapped in a body that is not their uh, then it's not their own it doesn't represent how they feel inside and it's just it's just so so well done this mm. is so well done i loved it john i pretty much agree with everything that steph said i was just going to say the girl uh, the sister because i thought as much as they've obviously got the big names in Anna Friel and stuff, but I think you are totally on the point with the fact that it's the young relationship mm. that's the most interesting by a long shot in this show. Um, and the girl's called Millie Gibson. She's just great. To give her a shout, shout out. To, shout out to Millie. She is great. Um, I, I thought the soundtrack was excellent as well. Mm. I really like they use kind of, it's got like a electro synth sound, which makes it sound a bit cheesy, but it's really nice. It's, it's, it's really subtle. It, it makes it sound a bit different to a normal TV show that might be, 
potentially, you know, uses like a traditional orchestra style soundtrack. So I think that gives it a little bit of God, that's difference. such an intelligent thing to say. I always forget how clever you are. Mm. Um, See, this is what I get him in for these guest appearances. Yeah, no, I, I thought... And it was interesting, wasn't it? I didn't think it didn't, it didn't kind of, because you were talking about how the parents, it didn't um, soft soap the, the no. fact that he, particularly, is kind of very much confused and kind of against yeah. his son. And I think it, it would be very... Not against his, his son, against against his son's wanting to change gender. Basically. Yeah, and I think they have to put... Because the, the, the reality yeah, that is, reality, yeah. that the reality is, is that lots of parents would would react like that. And I don't think they should sh- shy away, and no. they absolutely haven't, of saying of the dad being horrified and saying just stop just stop being like this just stop it so it kind of gives you i don't know you feel like you're dealing with it alongside yeah. them which yeah. is very it's, clever it's not a shy away no and i really like the fact you mentioned alison steadman's in it as, oh yeah as the grandmother um, who is really harsh yeah and that, again, another degree a ge- ge- yeah. another generation yeah. as well which i thought really yeah. rang true as well and, and you know it is unflinching in the sense that you see you see the kid going to school and how the school school people deal with it, it gets bullied and all of that and it's, so it's not it is I mean, I can see how it must be extra moving slash worrying if you're about to have a kid because oh my god, every, everything that happens. Well, to everything's, everything's everything's worrying. worrying, and I just think you just think, oh, I, oh, I thought, oh god, you just think I want to make sure that I'm as good a parent as possibly can. And I do everything right, and I don't, I don't put any of. Uh, Anything on my child, they should just be whoever yeah. they want to be as a human. Yeah. I've already seen, it's interesting because it is a very topical topic. It's a terrible phrase. Mm-hmm. It's well, a big topic. I expect discussed more, a lot. more from you, really. I've already seen, tw- thanks, sorry. I've already seen tweets of people who haven't seen it yet, kind of going, kind of assuming that they know it, what it's going to say and that it's right. going to be lecturing us on something. But I just feel it's nothing like that. It, what this is for me is a dramatisation of what it must be like yeah. on a day-to-day basis if you are an 11 year old who thinks you are the wrong gender i don't and it's as simple as that it's not it's not a um it's not it's not telling us what to think it's showing us what the situation must be like in reality i thought that's the great thing about it i do not think it's going to be easy situation for anyone and i think as much as we as much as we all want to be incredibly liberal about all these things for a lot of parents it'll be incredibly difficult and it's like you said it's it's not it's not lecturing you it's just presenting almost How many stars are you going to give it? I loved it. I'm going to give it five. I really, really loved it. John? Four, please. The lights have just gone out. It's a four and a half from me. Yeah, that's fine. I mean, as long as the electricity hasn't gone off and that this recording doesn't stop, then... Can I just say... You can just say... I think Kay would give this five. Okay. Uh, We're assuming Kay will give it five. She would. She'd really (laughs) like it. You never know, though. I mean... No, I I just feel like she would. Let's bear that in mind. As you watch it on Butterfly... On ITV... Butterfly is the name of the but show. But wouldn't Butterfly be a nice name for a channel, as you saw? The Butterfly Channel. Yeah, yeah. the Butterfly yeah. Channel. That would be nice. Sunday, next Sunday, the 14th of October at 9pm. Oh, I think that's very late for it. I think what it should be 8pm. It's 9 o'clock. It's a, no, it feels like a 9 what o'clock show. It's at 9 Does o'clock it? shows, yeah. Mm. You're thinking mm. 8 got, no, I it's got to be, be post post really We'll tweet. We'll tweet ITV. I, I feel like, like I should be involved in the sort of sh- scheduling. Mm, I'm not schedule. sure. Not, You're busy not, enough, is it? No, if that's what you. If you if you'd put on say eight, then I think you shouldn't be involved in scheduling. Um, the X Factor is on at eight. Moving oh. on to oh. another show on at nine o'clock. This one is on BBC One on Tuesday, the sixteenth of October. Was it me or did somebody else just hear a dog bark? I think it was a person going whoop. <laughs> right. It did sound like a mm. woof, though, didn't it? Yeah, well, we'll see if a dog shows up to the, yeah. to the okay. meeting okay. when we Imagine, Imaginary dogs now. Is that part of the whole uh, deal? I don't no. know. It was very okay. strange. Um, Informer is a new... Informer. Do you remember that song? 
Nothing to do with that. Informer is a new six-part drama. I'm going to turn, and I haven't warned you, to John to describe. Sorry. Is that okay? Yeah, let's do it. Shuffles paper whilst looking for mystery dog. Go. There's no mystery dog, right? Informer no. is a show that follows a man, a young man called Raza, who is a second generation Pakistani um, man from East London, played by relative newcomer Naban Rizwan, who is coerced, is the word that's used in this uh, in this press release. He's convinced, yeah, actually coerced is a better word. He's hmm. basically forced into becoming an informant for counterterrorism officer played by the one and only Mr. Paddy Considine. Oh. Uh, I'm just going to give him a little round of applause. Spoiler because, alert. Well, just because everything Paddy Considine touches okay. is gold. Okay. And then to add into that, there is a th- another element, which is Paddy Considine has got a new partner in crime, or anti-crime, played by the wonderful Belle Powley. And so it's all about informants in London. And to be fair... <laughs> It, you don't. The coercion doesn't really happen till the end of the first episode, but I think we know where it's going. It's called the informer, and it follows this young man. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so that's what the first episode focuses on: is how he kind of gets essentially forced into becoming an informer. So, but at the beginning of this, it's, it starts with a, a shooting at a coffee shop, and someone yes, gets good point. gunned down. Don't Actually, they? which that set piece, that set piece of course starts on a train, mm. like just like that. that bodyguard. bodyguard. Well, this train bit is over in about thirty seconds. To yeah. be fair, and is on the DLR in London mm. rather than a big train. But yeah, it it's is a big train. Big train. Yeah. But yeah, it's a set piece sequence. It's on the train, and then there's people shooting and everything, and then it and there's a little bit of the trial, and then it flashes back yeah. a year. Yes, and I've seen episode two, and that begins with another bit of the same trial. So I think what the structure is going to be is that this incident that's happened with involving people being shot and everything that started on that DLR train mm. at the beginning of episode one then you, it, it goes back to this the trial of that incident at the beginning of each episode and then it flushes out what on earth has gone on involving Paddy Considine and the informer and his wife and all of that you cannot watch a drama now without having flashbacks no it's true and you flash cannot. forwards and flash yeah, sideways it's just they're playing yeah. with time all it's over true. the show oh, they really are yeah what did you think feel about this one the way this one played with time or in fact just the way i really did liked everything. it paddy constine i mean again a bit like anna i can watch anything he's in because he's just such a masterful actor and he's brilliant I, I did find it slightly hard to get to grips with because there's a lot of characters in it there's a number of different informants and a number of threads running through it of, of existing informants and other stories i, I found a, a, a little bit confusing but I'm not as bright as John, so maybe I'm just a bit mm, stupid. I did true. find it. Li- no, there was a lot. Really there stupid. was a lot in it. There was a lot in it. But what was great about it is all the characters are incredibly intriguing, and you yeah. it makes you it's, a, it's very compelling. So mm. you want to find out what the hell is going on. And there's a couple of surprise relationships at the end, and the way people are all intertwined with each other. Yeah, I re- I, I, I love things like this. So it was just it was just fantastic. But yeah, it's for me. I'm going to have to watch it again because I did find it a little bit complicated. Okay. That's the only okay. thing I would say. It was quite complicated. Do you understand what was going on, John? Yeah, mostly. I think there are moments where you, that, yeah, so people who you meet through other circumstances yeah. then turn out to be other characters, well, not yeah. other characters, but related to the plot in a different way to what you first see them as, which is interesting, obviously. Yeah, that the cast is absolutely stacked. With the exception of this uh, newcomer playing the lead, who is also brilliant, mm-hmm. everyone mm. else is like someone you've seen 
from in something various else, things. Yeah. Amazing, a really amazing cast. Yeah, because Bill Powley was in, um, who's kind of was in that brilliant film, The Diary of a Teenage Girl, yes. with uh, Alexander Skarsgård and Kristen Wiig. Did you remember? Did you see that film? Have you seen that film? She's no. brilliant in that. Absolutely brilliant in that as the young girl, and she's. She, this is a completely different, like, could not be more different role. It's fantastic mm-hmm. in this. But I think, I have to say, I think Naban Rizwan as Raza, who is the main character, who we meet, there's a great scene early on in the first episode where he's going to a flat share, he's trying to, he's a candidate to share a flat, he's being interviewed. Let's just say the words, it's a bit of a social commentary. It, it is. He's being interviewed by a bunch of white middle class Media types. Media <laughs> tossers. I'm calling them tossers. Yeah. And it's really, it's a really funny just well-conceived scene that totally rings true. Yeah. And they're all like, we're all in the creative arts. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, you know, I dabble in photography and stuff. And it's so great, I thought. It was just just to establish that he's not a stereotype. Yeah. You know, he's a young Muslim man, you know, in, living in London, and he's completely three-dimensional. You know, there are a lot of complaints, for example, and I, I didn't necessarily agree with them about Bodyguard, the way it depicted its Muslim characters. I, th- I, I think those were mm-hmm. unfair, but who am I to white-splain that? You, yeah, Whereas you are no one. This show is written by two newcomers. I should mention Rory Haynes and Sorab Noshirvani, and I think they've done an incredible job of making this riveting, introducing all of those characters, as you say, having the complicated, slightly complicated time structure, and just, I really, really can't wait to see how it all plays out. John, are you going to carry on? Is this the kind of thing you'd normally watch, and are you going to carry on watching it now that we've forced you to watch it? I, I really I really enjoyed it. It wasn't, it feels like, again, like I was saying with one of the podcasts earlier, that it has a lot of potential. Like, it, the tension isn't quite there yet, but I feel like that's going to come with time. Personally, that's why. But I think maybe because they, this show, unlike, for instance, I know we keep drawing these comparisons, but unlike Bodyguard, it seems more interested in giving you develop like developing the characters and giving giving you a sense of their world rather than yeah. hyping up the tension for it's it's less plot more character this Absolutely. episode I that's, think that's true yeah and i don't know like how authentic it is uh, in the depiction of his life but in terms of the one thing i do have a slight authority on is it gave a really a really good like ground level perspective of london in general which you don't actually see mm-hmm. a lot as much in television a lot of the time you see london as big skyscrapers and flying tracking shots whereas this kind of gave you a much more like on the ground the ground you know it was a bit like it was um, all about people what was on the ground Lenny james's thing which save, was save really me yeah. yes yeah, yeah, yeah. actually mm-hmm. yes a lot there's some shots yeah. in this that you could have been mm. taken from yeah. save me yeah i yeah I, do, I thought the depiction of east london the east london mm. communities was uh, was excellent john Yes. Do you think I've got potential? Yes. Okay. Just, just Do you think just, Boyd's got potential? Are you making this all about you? Oh, well, okay. he just He's keeps saying me, no. everything's potential. got potential. I was just wondering yeah. if I was to one of those things. To say that you have potential suggests you haven't met your potential. Is that, is that an insult? No, oh no, my God, happy. I definitely I, no. haven't. I think you, it's got, you're on your way. Thanks, you're on your mate. way. I think this has got more than potential. I think it's really, really good already. I like the way it's, it's kind of directed in a kind of like a kind of almost cinema verite style, almost like a Paul Greengrass film. What the you know, hell like, does that mean? You know, it's like shaky quasi cam. shaky cam documentary-ish Say quality. Say that word again. Cinema verite. Cinema verite. <laughs> I make no apologies. We, this is what happens. We're, we're in a meeting room next to Empire. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I've, gone all, I've gone all Empire. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, can I, final shout out for Sharon D. Clark, who was in. I mentioned last week. She's in the first episode of Doctor Who, and she's possibly the best thing about the first episode of Doctor Who, which is which is wonderful. She's extraordinary nice in this as the boss. She's the boss 
of the counter-terrorist oh, she's, cops. Yes. She always plays that kind of role. She's, she's always good. Right, yeah, she? she is good. She's, got, she's kind of slightly yeah. off-kilter. She's scary, isn't she's she? Scary. Yeah, I she's scary. I wouldn't want her to be in charge of me. But she's slightly, like, something slightly odd about the, her, but I think she's brilliant. She's so charismatic. So, yeah, she was one yeah. of my favourite things about her. She's a woman in charge. She really is. How many stars are you going to give this John? Four and a half. I'm going to give it four. I'm going to give it four and a half as well. Ooh. Informer begins on the BBC One next Tuesday, the 16th of October at 9pm. Steph might want it to be on at 8, I don't know, because she's... Yeah, again, I do think this is an 8.30. Oh my. No, 8:30? this is post-Watershed for sure. What are you talking about? 10 is very late I mean, to be up on there's a, no, can I just a Sunday. Say, I don't know what plans you have for a career change, but you're not going to be a scheduler. That's never going to happen. Well, we'll see. Don't, that, maybe that's my potential. Maybe. You don't know. Do you know what? As soon as you've stopped watching um, Informer at 9 o'clock till 10 o'clock on BBC One, you can switch right over to BBC Four because on the same night at 10 o'clock is the oh. start of There She Goes. I'm sorry, that over? is definitely too late. 10 o'clock for this. That <laughs> is, that, but honestly, it is. Steph, all BBC Four shows like this are on at 10 o'clock, all of them. Anyway, I'm going to come to you, Steph, to explain right. what on earth There She Goes is. Right. There she goes. Is it's um it's a dramedy or comedy drama, depending on how you like to say these things. And it's about a family of four: dad played by David Tennant, mum played by the excellent, incredibly wonderful Jessica Hines, a brother Ben, and a little girl called Rosie. And again, this is it's it's two timelines. It's a timeline when Rosie was born, and a timeline I believe it's six years later. Now, this actually it's nine years later. Is it nine it's years 2006, later? Two thousand six, two thousand fifteen. Yeah. Oh right. Precise. Okay. There sorry. Yeah. Apologia. <laughs> Apologia. Which, as you know, means I'm not really sorry. Yeah. The situation was with this is that Rosie has um, developmental problems, so it's a, an undiagnosed chromosomal disorder, is what they are saying, and so she is non-verbal to a degree. And she finds it incredibly hard that she's unable to communicate with her parents in a way that they can parent her easily. So the whole thing kicks off with her running into the road, sitting on the floor, her dad, David Tennant, trying to pick her up. And it's all about how they are coping in the modern day. And it flashes back to when she was pregnant with Rosie and just after she has Rosie and how she felt there was something not quite right. And it, the very deep emotional scars that she's carrying from having a child with developmental problems. This is about the day-to-day again. If yeah, Butterfly was the day-to-day reality of being a transgender child, this is the day-to-day reality of a family but it's with based a severely on... learning disabled child. And it's based on the absolute... Yes, as I was about to say. So Sean Pye, who created yeah, that's this it, show... Yeah. And it's based a, on his... Is real situation yeah. absolutely so? Sean Pye is a, a comedy writer who you might recognise. He was in Extras. Do you remember in Extras there was the guy who was like um, Ricky Gervais's nemesis, which really oh, snide. Yeah, who, that's him. yeah, that's him. That's Sean Pye. Oh. So I've met him loads of times, and he, he he writes for Jonathan Ross and people like that. Writes for a lot of the kind of big okay. panel shows. He's he's he's, a, he's really funny and clever. And this is based on his actual experience of having a daughter with a very rare chromosomal disorder that still hasn't been diagnosed, as in, as, you know, mm. what, it hasn't been called anything particularly. Uh, what is incredible about, and I have to say, what incredible 
project this is because... Such an undertaking. Such an undertaking, because it's very rare, I think, particularly to see scripted, any kind of TV, dealing with a severely disabled child, isn't it? I mean, you know, in a way, for obvious reasons, because it's a hard thing to do properly, and it's a hard, particularly in fictional terms, to get the tone right. But because it's it's, happening to him, this is his life, it rings so true. That's why it's almost... It's. It sounds like a strange thing to say, but it's almost he's given permission to have written right. this because I do think people, you know, I mean, how on earth do you go and cast for something like that? Yeah. Like you're saying, scripting a severely disabled child. I mean, I don't even yeah. know how you go no. about that, but it's it is really, really well done. I mean, I think I felt for me the overarching story was about the family love yeah. and the unit of a family, yeah. and what. But it, it, again, re- exactly like the other show which I now can't remember the name of that we did Butterfly Butterfly it doesn't shy away from the raw emotions it really doesn't and And it just doesn't shy away from the John from the just minute by minute hour by hour reality of their lives so even going to the park I think the very first scene is is a trial and you know just feeding feeding the girl she doesn't want to eat She's constantly kind of wailing, isn't she? It's, yeah. it's absolutely... It, it, I mean, I think it's the most unflinching. I keep using that bloody word. I can't think of the other, another word. Portrayal of this situation I've ever seen. John, what did you think? Um, yeah, I, I, so I wrote in the... When I did my notes that... Although Typed I think, up notes again, well done, Scott. <laughs> in, in my notes, I said about how um, I thought it leans heavier on drama than it does comedy. Although now that you guys have spent the last five minutes talking about how all the drama, I would like to now do the opposite and say, we there will, are, we will allow it. There yeah. are some really funny bits in it. Um, namely there's a, there's a sequence where a, a poo is hidden and mm. I found that genuinely quite funny. I don't know if that makes me like an eight year old child, but no, I poo, thought, poo is funny. That was really funny. Yeah. Um, yeah. So there are some really funny moments and light moments with actually with everything we've looked at today. I feel like we, in many ways, we're not into, entirely qualified to say oh. whether these experiences entirely ring true so no. actually yeah. if any pogs if any pogs have a closer similar experience oh, and so would let us know whether they thought it yeah. was inaccurate or inauthentic or did think it was in fact that would really be valuable to us mm. genuinely yeah. um, so if you for, are an informant for t- <laughs> if you're an informer, get yeah. in touch yeah because yeah. um, we had a pog uh, tweet us the other day here's a here's a sneaky uh, pog pic she um oh. and she tweeted about the fact that she was in, intrigued by the show the bisexual as oh yes uh, she, oh as yes. she was bisexual herself exactly yes, yeah. so, yeah, that was very so once yeah. that comes out i'd love to know her opinion so yeah mm. if anyone has a closer experience to any of these experiences in the shows i would love to hear from them because from where we sat it felt it felt to us quite authentic but you know we'd love to know your opinion can i i want to mention can i just say can I just say, can. I really want to mention that Jessica Hines' ability mm. as a dramatic actress is overwhelming to me. I cannot believe how amazing she is. And also, because I love everything she's ever done in mm. comedy and I, I, she's just wonderful. But there's a particular scene in this first episode where she's talking to David Tennant and yeah. it's, it's, it's absolutely outstanding. Yeah. Her capacity for yeah, dramatic incredible. acting is 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 amazing. Yeah, it is incredible. It reminded me a bit of Outnumbered. You know, the, the, yes. when I first started yeah. watching it, that's what I, it, I, yeah. it felt like Outnumbered yeah. to me. And why? Th- and so that's what I think where the comedy is so key because it, it's like, so. The, you know, I think the, and, and there's a lot of Sean Pye, the writer, the creator in David Tennant's character. This very he's always looking for a wry little kind of sly way of joking about the situation, mm. which a- allows him to be incredibly 
sometimes brutally honest about it as well. Yeah. There, is, there are moments in it which feel almost taboo, like you're breaking the taboo of how you're talking yeah, like, about your also, own child. Yeah, and you know also, what I mean? when you're watching it, you're feeling like you're watching something incredibly private. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was, I thought it was pretty spectacular. I'm going to give it five stars. I think it's kind of absolutely unique in a way. I mean, yeah. it, I only mentioned that number just because it's got that tone of, as you say, a family where everyone is kind of funny and wry mm. and clever and smart. That's why, but it's completely unique. Yeah. But again, another thing I just want to mention again in this, the relationship between the, the brother, the brother's relationship, the older brother, yeah, how he deals with great. the sister. He's, he's wonderful yeah, as well. Wonderful, yeah. I'm giving it five two. He's, okay. What's his name? He is played by Eden Hayhurst. Well done, Eden. And Miley Locke plays Rosie, the girl, the nine year old girl. And she's phenomenal. I mean, I mean she's she, absolutely such incredible. Such good performances in all of yeah. these things. You, how many stars are you giving it? Five. I've given it five. John Dan. I, I mean, feel mean with my four and a half. But no, people you've got will to be judge honest. You. Yeah, people will judge oh, I you. I will. But Sorry. No, you've got to be professional. Oh, so you aren't going to give it five? You don't care. So you're going to give I, it four and a half, are you? He's got to stick with the way, you, you know, his he opinion. He looks scared, though. I'm going to I'm terrified. Yeah. Four and a half. Can we please end this, please? Yes, we can end it now. Yeah, it's come to an end. Well, that just about sums it up. So just to say, There She Goes is on BBC Four. And oh, by the way, it should just be on bloody BBC One, shouldn't it? Why oh, is that, it on BBC Oh, yeah, that was BBC weird. Yeah, I find agreed. it strange. Yeah. David Tennant's in it. For, for F's sake, yeah. And Jessica Hines. Yeah. It should be on BBC One. Surely should they'll BBC bump. One, Friday, 9.30. Anyway, Surely they'll bump it up. Should be bumped up. It's a bump up. <laughs> Thank you very much for listening. I've been Boyd Hilton. I've been Steph Sealand. <laughs> to stop this new way of saying Bye. <laughs> we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.